0: We're going to uh, follow our Christmas theme this morning. We're thinking about rain. We're thinking about God being King of the world, and uh, we're thinking about the fact that Jesus was born, and even before his death, he—sorry, uh, his birth—he was predicted to be the newborn King. But we've got the story of the wise men, the Magi. They might not have been men, uh, and we have uh, followed that story as Elizabeth read it to us. Hands up if you ever got to be a wise man in a school play. There are not many wise men around. Hands up if you got to be an angel. Hands up if you never got to be anything. Oh, I might have to change that. That's so that's sadness that is. I'm really sad. Anyone was a Christmas lobster? Bob the Builder? We've had it all at the uh, toddler's nativity over the years. We really, really have. We're going to think about the part of the story where some magi from the east followed a star. And they saw, they were studiers of the stars, and they saw that there was a new star in the sky. And they thought about the fact that that represented in their culture the fact something significant had happened in the world. And so they started following the star, seeing where it led them. They found that it led them to King Jesus, a small baby, in a grotty stable with some animals, but they'd brought presents with them because they recognized that this star and, ha- and all that they knew that was to happen, predicted that this baby would be a newborn king, So they, they worshipped him not only with their gifts but with their lives. Today we're celebrating that Lucy and Rachel, after research, after following stars, has decided to publicly announce that they're following Jesus. King Jesus with the rest of their lives. They've decided to put Jesus at the center of their lives, and today they've shown us all that. They're like those wise men sitting at the manger, kneeling before Jesus, and saying, I belong to you. I'm going to worship you. They're giving their gifts to Jesus. They're giving their time, their talents, their energy, but also they're giving their lives to him. They're like the wise men, the magi, kneeling before the manger today. So I want you to imagine that you're one of the magi, that you are one of those who've traveled from the east. Let's think about them. We know that they were wise people. We know that they were curious. We know they were intelligent. But also we know they were up for an adventure. They noticed the new star in the sky. It felt like an invitation to go on a journey, to go on an adventure. Some of us here are feeling a little bit like that. We're a bit curious why three 13-year-olds would stand in front of all of you look, because you're quite scary, in that pool and announce they want to follow God with the rest of their lives. You're feeling a bit curious why the person next to you was singing their socks off during those songs. You're curious about how the story we've just read uh, speaks to us today, thousands of years later. You're curious, a little bit like those wise men. And maybe it's time for an adventure. Maybe it's time to look at the stars and see what that journey might lead you to. Some of us are sat here for an adventure as well, though. You might have followed God for many years, and some of us in this room have. And you're happily to say, yes, I'm up for a new adventure. I wonder what 2023 will bring. I wonder what this Christmas will bring. Maybe you feel a little bit like the wise man who's about to embark on that journey to find out what King Jesus is asking of you next. Imagine you're one of the wise men right at the beginning of that journey. I wonder what stars we're going to follow. Now, there are loads of stars for us to follow in this world. We're going to think about some of the stars that are in our culture today. And these are examples literally from my life in the last four months. What is your favorite movie? Your favorite movie? Now, next question. What is your favourite Christmas movie? Love you for a minute to tell your next door neighbour what your favourite Christmas movie is. Go, you've got a minute. That got you talking. Wow. Come back and talk to me then. Hands up if it's elf. Who loves elf? Poppy loves elf. My sister's got elf pajamas. Hands up if it's diehard. Okay. All of the guys at the back were on the diehard. It's not a Christmas movie. Just pin it out there. It is... Hands up if it's It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, Elizabeth, a few people. Okay. I think that Christmas movies... Ca- oh, no, I've missed one. Sorry, because Lucy will kill me. Nativity. One. One. Not two, three, and four. One. Nativity one. One. I think Christmas movies, but actually also a lot of movies, are like stars in the sky that can lead us to Jesus, whether they intend to or not. I seem to be able to find Jesus in a lot of movies. My favourite Christmas movie, Arthur Christmas. Who's seen it? If you haven't, this is your challenge this week. Watch Arthur Christmas. It is a brilliant movie about Arthur. Here he is. And he is the son of Father Christmas, very much overlooked son of Father Christmas. And on Christmas Eve, they deliver the presents, but they miss one child. I know, one child is tragic. And they come back to headquarters, elf headquarters, they're celebrating that they've done another successful Christmas. And Arthur points out that Gwen in Wales got left out. Not Gwen, I mean, it's very sad. And she'd asked for a bike. And the other father Christmases, the other sons and stuff, say, don't worry, it's only one, like everybody else in the world has been, has had their Christmas presents, just one. It's fine, she won't even notice. She won't even notice. Arthur, though, decides, He's going to do something about it because Gwen needs a Christmas present. And he nearly gets eaten by lions. He gets shot at because they think he's an alien. Uh, The rest of the story you need to watch is brilliant. He goes on this journey, familiar? And he goes and manages to deliver the present to Gwen before she wakes up the next morning. Not going to ruin it. It's a brilliant movie. I want you to imagine for a minute that that might be a story you've heard before. You see, Jesus told a very similar story about the importance of the one. He told a story about the fact that there was a hundred sheep and a shepherd. And 99 of the sheep were all good and fine. But there was one that got lost. One that got completely lost. Didn't have a clue where he was. And he went after the one. The importance of the one. And he said, you know what? I'm going to go and seek and save the lost. Even if it's just one person. Every time I watch Arthur Christmas, it makes me think of that story of Jesus. It's a moment in that film where I think, do you know what? Jesus cares about the one. And he even told a story that's really like Arthur Christmas thousands of years before. Arthur Christmas for me is one of those stars that when I look, I get led to listen and think about Jesus. There's loads of films like that. that I could talk a lot about Harry Potter if you wanted me to. Anyone? Okay. Thank you. I could talk a lot about the Marvel movies and some of the imagery and the redemption story and that That's so much like the stories that we find in scripture. You see, you just look and you find the fingerprints of Jesus over so much of our modern culture and our films. They're like stars that if we follow them, you can ask questions, become curious and begin to understand a lot more about Jesus, King Jesus. There were more stars though. Anybody been to see the uh, new Black Panther movie? It's on my list. I haven't seen it yet. The rest of my family have. It's not a sore point. But there are lots of people who are in our media who are Christians. And it's an amazing when they are really obvious about their faith. This is one of them. She's the lead character in the new um, Wakanda Forever Black Panther movie. She's in the old one as well. She's called Letitia Wright. And uh, she became an actress in her teens. Got to the point, though, as many did, where fame, stress got too much. She was hugely depressed. And a friend of hers invited her to an actor's Bible study. I was reading The Guardian two weeks ago, and this is what she said. The Guardian writes, She went to the actor's Bible study, and her life was transformed. The depression lifted, and her career began to soar. I asked her how Christianity had changed her, and he said, she said, sorry, it gave me the centering I needed, the good foundation that I needed. It helped me put in perspective what was important for me. Chasing something that's not tangible or not wholesome is not the way I want to go. If I was to pack all this fame in, I'd still be completely content because I have Jesus. Isn't that amazing? That was in The Guardian on a Saturday morning. There are stars all over the celebrity scene. Most of them weren't in the jungle, just saying. There are stars if we look. There's another star. It's it's known that I liked liked the Queen. I mean, what an amazing woman. Just in the last few months, much has been written about her faith. She was a shining star, wasn't she, in uh, our life and our life as a nation. And her life always pointed uh, to Jesus. Her Christmas messages always did. But actually, goodness me, what was her funeral? It was a shining star pointing to Jesus. Archbishop of Canterbury said this in his uh, sermon. In 1953, the Queen began her coronation with a silent prayer just there at the high altar. Her allegiance to God was given before any person gave allegiance to her. Her service is to so many people in this nation, the Commonwealth and the world. But it all had its foundation in her following Christ. He came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And that is what the Queen did. Also, isn't that a shining star in our culture that leads us to Jesus? Now, my last lot of shining stars are a beautiful lot. If your picture is not up there, that doesn't mean you're not a shining star, okay? Don't worry. It's not like this is the fame line of the stars. This represents so many of you guys here. Uh, Shining stars in our world, leading people to Jesus. I remember both Lucy and Rachel's dedications. I remember baptizing Shireen and Steve in that very pool. Both of those moments in our family's lives, so many of you in the room have been part of. And at the dedications, we asked everybody in the room to make a promise. And so many of you guys were here. They said, you will help us as uh, their parents, to help them grow up to be safe, beautiful and lovely, but also to get to know Jesus. And do you know what? So many of you shining stars today have fulfilled that promise. As we baptised Lucy and Rachel today, you guys have been praying for that moment like we have. You've been helping us as parents when we wanted to give it all up because we were so tired. You've made me many cups of tea and coffee. You guys are shining stars in the world. And you do that for us as a family and for Rachel's family, and we're all hugely grateful. But you do that for so many people. And as you do that, you are showing the love of God. You are leading people and showing them that there is something about the story of King Jesus that perhaps they need to find out about. You guys are shining stars. And there's a little verse in Philippians that says that, that says that you will shine amongst, uh, you will shine among the world like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of God. All over our society, but also in this room, there are stars. That lead people to meet King Jesus. Whether it's your favorite movie, why don't you watch it again and see if there's any themes about Jesus in it. Maybe it's somebody that you admire in the press, you know, as a Christian, why don't you read about their life this Christmas? Maybe it's someone in this room that you're like, Do you know what, I want to hang out with them a little bit more because they might lead me to understand a little bit more about Jesus. So perhaps this Christmas, it's time for some stargazing time for some stargating. We sat in Wolberswick in the summer and it's quite dark there, I discovered. And we looked up at the stars and it was amazing. It was amazing to see the wonderful world God had created. That was a moment for me of meeting King Jesus as well. Very quickly though, on their journey, they did meet somebody called Herod. Herod was the king of the region, the governor, the king of the area, and uh, he was uh, kind of interested in Jesus, but not in a particularly healthy way. Uh, He was the person who was jealous. He was worried about his own ability to uh, stay as king. He'd heard the rumor of a newborn king, and if you're king of that nation, that probably didn't feel like good news. But he gets to know about these travelers from the east and he starts having a conversation with them and he sends them off and says, oh, make sure you tell me where he is so I can go and worship him myself. He wasn't wanting to worship him. On our journeys as Magi, as we are curious and exploring or as we're trying to go on the adventures that Jesus has for us, there are some Herods that get in the way. There are some Herods that like distract us from discovering about Jesus. It could be a negative voice or a doubt or a circumstance that makes it hard to trust Jesus. We've all got our Herods, whether we're a Christian or not. We've all got Herods, things that are in our lives that really can distract us from our purpose or for the things that we're trying to do. Perhaps for me, it's busyness. I'm a bit busy to open my Bible this morning, God. I'm really sorry. Or I'm a bit busy to go and spend time with that person, even though I know it's really important. My Herod often is busyness. But I love what the wise men did. They kind of listened to him and, and went on. But when they encountered Jesus, that Herod was very small in their minds. No more did it become a problem. And in fact, they encountered King Jesus. They worshipped him. And then God, in a dream, warned them not to go back to Herod. And so they were able to hear from God and say, no, we're not going to do the Herod thing. We're going to go home by a different route. We need to avoid the Herods that can sometimes distract us on our adventures with Jesus. We need to keep pushing through when we think, oh, do you know what? It's too, I'm too busy to read my Bible or whatever it is. Or if we're perhaps in a curious journey where we haven't discovered about King Jesus, there might be people that have quite negative views of that. And that's fine. You can listen to them, but don't let them distract you from your own discovering, asking your own questions. Coming into land, the Magi got to the manger. They'd been on a journey. They'd followed the stars. They'd read the culture. They knew that there was a newborn king to find. They'd ignored the distraction of Herod. And they met Jesus. They knelt and they worshipped him, giving him gifts that spoke of his kingship, giving them gifts that spoke of his authority. They encountered the newborn king. And it says that they bowed down and worshipped him And they were overjoyed. I saw some joy in Rachel and Lucy today. (laughs) Did you? They got to their moment. They knew that they were worshipping Jesus and they were publicly telling the rest of us this about. But I've got a few more joy-filled pictures that you may or may have not seen. There's Coley gone. Look at her face. It's amazing. Look at Lenny's face. And here's a couple more joy-filled pictures from the last couple of weeks. These are all people who we've baptized in the last two months, three months since September. All of them have got to that moment of kneeling before the manger and seeing who the newborn king is. And do you know what it does to you? Turns your face into that full of joy. Their lives might still be complicated and difficult. Those toxic friends might still be a challenge. But actually, they've got that deep-rooted joy, that security that we learned about when we were thinking about the Black Panther star, that foundational grounding. When we come to meet King Jesus, oh, wow. Oh, wow, our face does that. Because he's beautiful. He gives us purpose. He helps us in the life and all of the challenges uh, that there are such a joy when you see someone come and discover who Jesus really is. Let's just pause for a moment before uh, we move on into our next song. Might you just close your eyes? I asked you at the beginning to imagine that you uh, were the Magi. And maybe you're you're kind of saying, yeah, I'm a bit curious. I'm a bit curious. I'm a bit curious about why Lucy and Rachel have done this. Or perhaps you're even today thinking, do you know what? I've heard that Jesus is king, but I don't know what that means. I need to find out more. Or perhaps you've been a Christian for a while or a long time, and you're like, do you know what? I'm up for keeping going on that adventure. I'm going to keep going. Perhaps I'm going to be a star this Christmas, helping others know more about what Jesus means. I'm going to sing again in a moment. But I just want to pray for us all. King Jesus, I'm curious. Perhaps I want to know you as king today or I want to find out more. The Wise men had an amazing adventure. I'd like an adventure with you. I've seen the joy on the girl's face today and I would love more of that in my life. And I believe, Lord, that today you're going to bring some joy in our hearts as we go into Christmas. I believe for some of us, it's time to ask the difficult questions about faith and whether it really is important. I believe for some of us, it's time to keep going on our journey of faith and to ignore the Herods. So Lord, whatever place we're in today, help us to move on a little bit. Help us on our journey, our adventure with you. I pray. Why don't we stand together and we're going to sing again. But maybe you want to use these words just to invite God to help you. Maybe you want a bit more joy. Then ask God for joy. He's the king of giving it. Maybe you want to help be helped on your curious journey. Then ask him to help you as you explore who he is. Let's use these words together as we respond to him.